Hey, welcome to Communication on Point podcast. I'm your host, Dean Hefta, and welcome to part two of my collaborative interview with podcast host, consultant, and coach, Phil Rose from Ignium Consulting. Without further ado, let's jump into the second half of it. Purpose, because that's the key as well. And one of the things I think from from your perspective, and, and again, maybe that's a word that's been banded around too much over the last few years as well. I don't really think, what, what's your take on purpose then? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a great point, right? So some of the advice to I uh, feel for young people who, you know, are entering adulthood and the, their work lives and, and all those things, because there's this enormous pressure that I don't think that you and I maybe felt when we were young of this pressure to, you know, find purpose and meaning and do something amazing. And it's, yeah. that is an um, enormous thing to feel the burden of. And I think in many ways, it's a disservice to young people to say, you need to find a career that has purpose and meaning. It's like, I don't even know what that means. And the fact of the matter is, is like, maybe you just need to go help people. And maybe you help people by being an electrician. Like, that's okay. Like, do something productive and healthy yeah. and that you can be good at. And meaning can be applied to doing good. But yeah. I think purpose, uh, when I think about it, is maybe tied back to the coaching side. And that is, as an organization, can we operate on purpose, which I tie to intent, rather than just saying, let's stay busy and let's do things and try to maximize shareholder return. Well, let's, let's operate towards a purpose. Yeah. And I think that's a very important aspect of it. So I'd be curious, I know purpose is a big part of what you bring mm. to your clients. And you said, people begin the company or begin their journey, <clears throat> we'll say hair on fire, like all excited. Yeah. And then it wanes, right? The energy kind of flames out and your hope is to change that trajectory and reignite. So how do you see purpose and how do you see its role in that, in that yeah. ignition of their excitement? That's a, it's a great question. I think it's, um, to me, I always talk to people about, you know, on day one, most people understand what they're planning on doing with their business to some degree. Uh, and interesting, I'm, I'm just listening on Audible to um, the Steve Jobs autobiography by uh, Walter Isaacson. Um, and, and it's an interesting, it's 20 or so hours long I'm about halfway through it. And, and the interesting thing is when they talk about the startup of Apple, the, and, and later on, we've heard people talk about Apple, you know, the, the purpose being around making a dent in the universe and bringing people together to create something that was going to change the way people did things. Uh, and, and Jobs had this vision of what he was trying to create in terms of um, vision of the future of technology, but lots of other things as well. And to me, there was a purpose there, but I don't think it was articulated right at the beginning. I don't think... Um, I don't think if you asked Wozniak and Jobs what they were planning on doing right away and why they're doing it, they wouldn't have had that understanding. Now, maybe wrong and people might come back to me and say that wasn't the case. But for me, day one of starting a business is exciting because you're doing it for yourself or, or with the people around you. And I would say people, have, they have a commercial or a cultural perspective on their purpose. They either want to go out and make loads of money, become the next unicorn and sell out for millions, or they want to change the world in some way. And as they go through that journey, what I've seen is a lot of people get to a point where they change. They've either, if, if they've made all the money they want, they then say, I want to go and change the world in some way. 
But what I'm seeing over the last few years is some businesses saying, actually, our intent is to change the world in some small way, to do something different, to create something. Uh, and I often liken this, Jack, and um, the, the purpose of businesses in the past, people used to say about creating shareholder value. Uh, and that never gelled with me. I, remember I did my MBA back 20 or so years ago, and we always talk about shareholder value. And it never really resonated because I was thinking, why am I coming to work just to make someone else rich? And what I've seen over the last few years, and this happened 2018, I think it was now, 181 US businesses signed up to say, we want to stand for something above and beyond making money. And, and, and on my wall here, I've got the 17 UN sustainability goals. And whether you believe it or not, there's 17 things that businesses could sign up to or say, okay, this is what's really important to us as a world. And I think if you can create a business that stands for one of these, I think you can start to engage people because you can say, this is what we're about. We're not here just to make money. We're here to do one of these other things. And if you do that, hey, guess what? You'll probably end up making loads of money and being able to do good with it. So to me, purpose and intent, I think, comes through thinking about what do you stand for? So for me, if I look at the sustainability goals at the moment, um, there's some key ones for me around education. Because for me, education is the start, it's the foundation. Now, if you look at other people take out those, those sustainability goals and say that I prefer something else, but to me, education starts things moving. And if I can help educate people through my coaching, that maybe they've got a choice in the world, that they can do things differently, that just because they come from that neighborhood or they've been born to those parents or they went to that school or didn't go to university, doesn't mean they can't do something different. They can actually step up and do something. And I think businesses has got a great role to play in that in terms of helping people understand that purpose matters because that's what engages the hearts and minds of the employees that come to work. Uh, and there's an off-quoted thing that I often say that if you don't have a purpose, people just come to work for your money. But if you've got a purpose, they come to work with their heart, sweat, blood, tears to do the work and actually achieve something. So that's how I see purpose now. And I think um, that, that piece you asked me around where do people go? So they start off day one really excited. They then go through a journey and at some point they achieve something and then they think, what else is there? And that's the bit I want to work with. Not all businesses get that. Some people just want to make money. And hey, I'm okay with that if that's what they need. My belief is they can do good with that money as well. Does that make, does that make sense in that? That's yeah, it's, it's spot on. I, I think it's really powerful. And I think, um, you know, as a leader, being intentional about s stepping back and saying, okay, so for what purpose? Yeah. Right? And ultimately... Everybody in an organization serves the customer, yeah. whether you're on the front line of working with customers or not. It, it is about solving some problem, serving the customer in some way. Yeah. Even, yeah. you know, so it's like even, even a business who states we're here to, to maximize shareholder return, which is like the least inspiring <laughs> uh, <laughs> statement you can make. In order for that to happen, there has to be some, problem they're solving yeah, or some service they're bringing to the customer. So even in an organization where that's stated, there's a purpose under there that's hiding yeah, and it can be revealed. Yeah, And I think one of the places that leaders have a huge opportunity of, of impacting the lives of their teams is being able to connect the dots between activity and impact. And mm -hmm. that's a place that I think is a unique 
a spot for leaders to be able to really spend time and energy because we know that when employees can see the connection between the work they're doing and the difference it's making, to your point, they become more engaged, they become more creative, they can become more committed. Yeah. And too often, we're leaving it up to the individuals to hopefully decipher what that impact is. And uh, why not just make it easier? Yeah. And that can happen through storytelling and through question mm-hmm. asking and through you know, taking field trips to see our customers and spending time with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And there's one, there's one quote I often remember, and this, you've got this on your website, and it says, where there's exceptional performance, you'll find great communication. And to me, the bit that that resonates with, and I'm going to ask you your view on it, minute, is about that storytelling. It's about conveying what the message is and getting people you know, willingly on the bus. And people who are willing on the bus become the A players who want to move, move with you. And, and, and I wonder, from your perspective, you mentioned storytelling. How do people best communicate what they're about so it really engages? And especially, you know, I look to younger people. I've got 15 and 18-year-old daughters at the moment. They're going to go into the workplace at some stage. And I don't know what they're going to be doing, but they need to be engaged, in my view, in what they're doing. So I wonder, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that storytelling? And how do we get the message across of what purpose really means? It's a, it's a great thing to ponder because it, storytelling can feel like this very formal skill that, oh, I mean, I'm just not a good storyteller. And oh, I, you know, I've never learned storytelling and I didn't take that class. And, and it can feel like something that other people are really good at. But storytelling is a part of our history for thousands of years. I mean, it, it is how we conveyed lessons and skills yeah. and yeah. morals yeah. It came through stories. And so when we go back to our childhood, all we have to do is go, go read um, a great children's book. Yeah. They're simple. Yeah. And, and it's a very simple arc of there was some challenge and a choice and a result. And we're, we're putting that in. Maybe it's a couple of rabbits or, you know, some sort of story. But each of us have experiences where there's illustrations that we can use in very simple mm-hmm. ways. I, I think about yeah. a medical manufacturing company here in the States that was struggling to really get their quality to a high enough level. They tried every type of process improvement. They couldn't get the quality up. And so what they did is they brought their staff out to the people using their products. Okay. And they heard firsthand the stories of what people's lives were being impacted by the products they were creating. And through that quality changed. Yeah. Suddenly meaning was a part of the work that I did every day. And I could visualize the person on the, that's using our products. And that's a firsthand story that they were able to experience and hear. And we all have that ability, regardless of the role, whether it's with our children or our neighbors or our employees, we can use and think about what's a story that could help illustrate this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I love that story. And it always brought a tear to my eye just hearing that because I was imagining something. I've got a friend of mine who works for a diabetes, a company that manufactures diabetes products. And actually, if you were to extrapolate that in terms of talking to the end user who, who your product is, is saving their life, is changing what they do. There's a big story. You can take that back into the workplace and say, this is what we're about. And actually, there's a crafting that story. Actually, you really bring it to life for people which I think is very, it's, you know, it's a very emotional, come back to your, your points earlier about the, uh, the, the, the process communication model. Actually, 
if we can connect to that emotional level with people, we can convey the purpose. So when I talk about reigniting passion, um, I, I often talk about the fact that you've got to build the culture. And to build the culture, you've got to get to the emotional. You can't do it at a thinking level. You've got to get in at that emotional level and you've got to craft the story. And um, I, I worked with a, a great coach a number of years ago who, who passed away in 2015. And he had the, the analogy of the campfire with us all sitting around the campfire telling the story of why the business was started. And, and to me, that's a really powerful thing because the fire in the center is that spark that created us. And actually, if you can sit around and say, this is why we're here, this is what we do, and this is the meaning we bring to people's lives, actually your business can really transform people's lives. It's just what it does to the, the, the employees get that. They just become more engaged. They want to be part of it. Or they choose to get off the bus. Whichever they choose is the right thing. Right. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, yeah. people leaving is okay as long as it's for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. They say this doesn't resonate with me. That's okay. And and I love that visualization of the campfire because whether we think about it as leaders of a campfire or a fireside, it is that fire that brings us together. Yeah. And we say it's it let's tell some stories mm. about our origin or the impact or yeah. the challenge. And it's okay to tell stories about how Hey, it was hard. Um, we thought we were going to be out of business, and here's here's how we got through that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think the thing is that you mentioned our purpose earlier, and we, we were talking about what purpose meant. I think purpose doesn't work for everybody. My belief is though, there's some businesses out there who want to great to generate a purpose and move on it. But there's lots of businesses who it doesn't mean anything for them. Uh, and actually, I'm not going to preach to the unconverted. This is talking to those to say, okay, just have an open mind about what purpose could do for your business, what it could do for your engagement in your teams. My belief is that it does guide you and move you on a different direction. And if that's not where you want to go, hey, it's not for you at this moment. Come and talk when you're ready. But actually, it doesn't work for everybody at this stage. But when you, when you change and want to do something different, we'll talk about purpose. And I think that's the journey that people go on. Is they, they hit a point in their journey where they think, there's something bigger out there. I want to do something different. If I've made all the money in my business, now what's next? So if I'm a business leader or business owner or you know, in, in that type of a position, how how do I know if I've got clarity of purpose? If I'm if I'm operating on purpose, or if I'm maybe just kind of operating on autopilot? Yeah, great great question. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a typical one is what's it feel like when you get out of bed in the morning? Do you bounce out of bed thinking I'm going to work to go and do this thing? I'm going to change the world in some small way, or do you drag yourself out thinking another day at the office, another job? Just the same old day, groundhog, here we go again. I think you get that gut feel that you're not on purpose. Um, and I think you can spend a lot of time thinking about it, but actually it's when you feel it is the really key. Uh, and and you know, we, we, I, I use the work of Jim Collins a lot. Um, and interesting, I, I started using Jim Collins's work back in the beginning of the time, 2001 or so, and then, then lost touch with it for a number of years. And I've come back into it the last few years through the work I do with Scaling Up. Um, and the work of Jim, Jim Collins said, okay, let's be really clear about what's your, and Jim's language, big, hairy, audacious goal. And what he did is he looked at the businesses out there that are doing the best at the time and said, what is it that really gels them together? And, and he said they all had a, a, a purpose bigger than them, something out in the future they were trying to achieve. And that's the thing. And I think if you, if you feel you've lost touch with what you're doing in your business or why your business exists, it could be that you're just not on purpose. And it may be that you need to go and find another business to do it with, or you need to reconnect to where you are today. 
So your question about how would someone know, it's that gut feel. It's when it just feels like you're doing the same old thing again and you're just not going anywhere. Your customers aren't connecting with you. Your business isn't transforming the lives of other people. And it just doesn't feel fun anymore. That's when I think you've you've got a point to reconnect with your purpose or reestablish it or establish it in the first place. Because actually businesses might have gone on for a bit and now we say, okay, what are we really about? What's the real reason we do what we do? That's the, the point in time you need to think about it. What's your, I mean, what, what's your take on that? Because obviously you must see this as well from a stateside in terms of purpose uh, and, and businesses connecting back to why. And, you know, we talk about the work of Simon Sinek often comes into these type of conversations. You know, his great book, Start With Why, um, has that at heart. I wonder what, your, what do you see in those businesses? Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on. And, and from a purpose standpoint, I, I believe it's each of our own responsibilities to make that connection. So maybe I'm at a company and, and I feel like, well, you know, we're just not operating on purpose. Well, I can either wait for somebody else to create purpose, which I might be waiting a long time, or mm-hmm. I can take responsibility for it. And, you know, taking that responsibility as an individual might mean I need to find a different organization and that's okay. Yeah. Or it might mean, you know what? The purpose is right here mm. and I can uncover it for myself and for my yeah. team. Yeah. I think for business, the thing they have to continually deal with is the, the continual fires and demands of the day that draw us away from the purpose into the problem solving that we have to deal with today. So I think for yeah. leaders being intentional about how do we ensure that we stay linked to that purpose. How are we going to do that? And how do we prevent the urgency of what has to get done? Mm-hmm. Hiring people and dealing with customers and innovating new products and releasing the next thing. How do we make sure that doing the business doesn't prevent us from connecting to the future? Yeah. And I love that in the sense that of doing the business doesn't connect us to the future because one thing I always talk about, and, 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 and I've got a flip chart behind me, I was telling Dean earlier about some of the work I've been doing. On one of those other pages is a, is a model of, of the world as I see it, in the sense that if I was to simplify business, actually business becomes three easy points to look at. Uh, and I learned this from, from a business called Sherlock's, which I worked with for, for a number of years. Um, and we talked about a business being red, blue, black, or green. Uh, and the blue is the doing the business. It's, it's the, the, the selling, making, delivering to the customer and servicing the customers. Um, it's short-term revenue. And, and often business owners get into business because they're good at selling something or they're good at making and doing something. That could be a service. Um, and they soon realize actually to make their business successful, they need to start accounting for it. So they have to start sending invoices and getting money in. And the accounting takes them away from the doing. And then they put IT systems in and they need, that takes them away from the doing as well. And then they might get some people and they need HR systems. And these systems and other bits become the infrastructure that sits inside of the business. And that's the lifeblood. You can't do without it. But for most business owners, it's actually quite painful. So they employ someone to do it. But that lifeblood, I call red, because red is what Sherlock says. Yeah, it's the lifeblood of every business. You've got to have it. So typically, you see businesses running as red and blue businesses. Blue is making money short term. Red is the, uh, the admin and infrastructure behind it. And often, if you took blue and red and said, blue business, take away the red aspect, you end up with a surplus. And some businesses just run red, blue, red, blue, red, blue all through their lives and eventually just close the doors. The successful ones, though, stop and say, what do I do with that surplus I've just made, which is the difference between the red and the blue? And they're the ones who invest it in the black, which sits at the top. And the black business is all around vision, positioning in the marketplace, products you're putting out there, and the channels to market. 
And it's when you take time out to invest time in black. And, and interestingly, people say, why red, blue, black? And I say, actually, because that's the color that every flip chart has three pens with it, red, blue, and black. So go get your red, blue, black pens and use them. But it's the blacks that's up there. And I said green as well. So green is about culture. And actually, if you invest time in the black aspects, the vision, the product, the positioning, and the channels, and the culture, guess what? That brings value long-term. So where's red and blue just make short-term money? Black adds value. That's the equity value. And often we need to take time out. And I say to people, how much time should you be doing that? And I say, if you grab, grab your, your diary, and if we have one of those paper diaries that people used to have and colored them in with the red, blue, black, or green pens, what color is your diary? And most business owners, they say, well, my diary's blue because I'm out servicing customers. Or my diary's red because I'm managing the, 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 the back office of the company. And those who were most, most successful are the ones whose diary is black, predominantly if they're running it. Because I know then they've got a strategy that will move them in the future and they can think positively. So I think when you say about the demands, yes, we all get caught up in the demands, but the successful ones are the ones who make time for it. It's the same as going to the gym. It's the same as, you know, this morning I got up early and went for a swim. And, and, and this may not be everybody's cup of tea, but investing time in yourself is really key. Because actually, it's only when you invest time in yourself that you're going to benefit for the future. And if we get wrapped up in the day-to-day -day and don't make time for ourselves, hey, guess what? We're going to suffer from aches and pains. We're going to get disease. We're going to get stressed. We're going to get anxious. And eventually, we'll fall over. And a business will do the same. So that's my little, my, my little rant on that. Actually, businesses, you need to take the time to step out and do the black and get out of the red and blue because the red and blue will make you money short term. The black brings you money long, long term. That makes sense. That's my, that's my take from Sherlock from years ago, but I still come back to that. My red, blue, black, green pens. Well, um, I, I, I think it's a very powerful model. And, you know, whether we apply that thinking to ourselves as an individual in our lives, to our families, hmm. to our communities, or to our businesses, it's the same issues and outcomes that we're dealing with. So if I'm a family that only focuses on, you know, the, the output of earning money and doing things and then the, the administration of running the household, and we're not thinking in terms of the generational impact that black time hmm. or the type of, of values and habits that we want to instill in the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. We're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah. I, I think this is a really key point. And I think, so come back to that word purpose. I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey. And uh, when I think about seven habits, he talks there about um, really being clear about where you're adding value. And to me, that family time is key because I think too often we all get wrapped up in doing, 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 and forget about the piece behind us, which is the family. And, and that support network or the community in which we live in and that's where the value comes longer term, because at, at some stage, we all, have a, we all have a responsibility. And yes, we can make money and spend money, but actually it's the other bit around supporting the other bit of us that provides value longer term. So actually, you're right. Black time for me is family. Black time for me is fitness and health and a bit of community. Because I know that's the bit that brings value, not just for me, but for others longer term as well. And often we neglect that because we think we're too busy. Yeah, that's remarkable. And it, I think it ties right back to purpose and intent of mm -hmm. being able to step back and say, what is it that I really 
want to create? What is it? What is it that I really want? Right. The the ultimate coaching question, which is powerful for leaders, for individuals, as we live our life, as we decide how we're going to invest our time. And, and um, I think that's great advice. So as you think about, you know, the thing that you wish that every leader could really hear, you know, what is it the, what is it that you want a leader or an individual to really understand? Mm, good question. So I think there's two things. And, and one of the things is one thing you said, that sometimes we as individuals need to step up and find our own purpose, because we may be working in a business that we're not clear on what the purpose is, but actually we have our own responsibility. It's up to, up to us to carry our own bags, so to speak, and therefore each of us has our own responsibility. So that takeaway that I take from what you said is, we can all find the, ro- the responsibility we have and find the purpose in what we do or we can make a choice because that's a coaching point. We all have a choice about where we live, what we do and how we do it. And we can at some level change that choice and go and do something different. And that's, I think, a big point from a coaching perspective. So I'd urge people to think about their own responsibility, think about carrying their own bags and not relying on other people all the time and working out what their purpose is and how they bring that to life. And I come back again and I always say as well, purpose at the end of the day lives within within yourself and sometimes you just need to reignite that spark and the only way to do that is to take black time out and say okay how do I spend my black time investing in me because that's the thing that's going to drive value long term so that would be my my urge my takeaway for other people what about you what would we what what would you take or give I think both of those are spot on and and for me it's it's very similar I think the, the biggest thing is you can always choose your response yeah you know, and so often people operate from a standpoint of thinking other people are in charge of how they feel. And that's a very dangerous uh, victim mindset to operate yeah. in. And, and so we always have the opportunity to choose our emotion in the moment, to choose our response, yeah. whether you're a leader or an individual, when you connect with that, everything changes. And so that's yeah. a, a big thing for me. And the other thing is getting better is not selfish. It's, it's actually the only thing that changes the world you have to improve as an individual if you're going to improve the world around you. So you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. I think that is so, so true. And when you said about choosing response, that reminds me. So, so one of the, the books I read during lockdown in the UK was Viktor Frankl's book. Uh, and when you say about that, about um, we can choose a response. The phrase there is between stimulus and response, there's a pause. And actually, it's in that gap that we can choose what we're going to do. And, and so that just comes to mind that we are response able. And if we realize that, we can do whatever we want to long term. And that's the powerful piece. So thank you. Thank you for that reminder, uh, which I'd, I'd put in the back shelf and not looked at for a while. So thank you for that. So thank you. I feel like we could go on forever, Phil. Yes. This is great stuff. I think it's, um, yeah, we could. And maybe actually, Dean, we should come back and do this again because um, maybe there's a, an installment too to carry on the conversation. Um, <laughs> but thank you. It's been, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I've enjoyed it. And, and you know, I've learned loads as well. It's always, it's always good to talk to great people who have, who have got a perspective on the world and see things the same and different to me. So thank you. Well, and I, I appreciate the work that you're doing with organizations because ultimately when you change how an organization understands their purpose, you have the opportunity to affect positively the life of every person that's connected with that organization, whether it's an employee, a supplier, or a customer, getting to to that excitement, that reconnection of the purpose is a really a a fulcrum point 
for changing and impacting positively the lives of everybody that touches that organization. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I'm so uh, appreciative of the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I just throw that back at you again and say, hey, at the end of the day, without storytelling and communication, we couldn't get the message out. So it takes, it takes us all to work together. <laughs> so if people want to learn more about what Ignium and the work that you're doing, where would they go? Yeah, good, good question. Thank you for asking that. So um, simply Ignium Consult, Ignium, I-G-N-I-U-M, consult.com. Um, obviously the podcast we have a, on the website we've actually got a spark tank and spark tank is about sparking ideas and there's loads of content that you can just get delve into there and uh, and pick up on so um you can see it find us there and obviously we we write show notes with all these podcasts as well so all the show notes have lots of detail in as well um and tell us for yourself same same for you in that case dean where would sure. people go to grab that information sure yeah they can they can connect with me at uh, clarisresults.com c-l-a-r-u-s results.com or uh on linkedin Find me on LinkedIn. I'm yeah. the only Dean Hefta on LinkedIn. So just Lovely. search for that or it'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Dean, thank you very much. And uh, hey, it's, um, it's quarter past three in the afternoon here. It's quarter past nine for you. Time to wrap up, but thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Phil. I've enjoyed it.